You're listening to Law and Gospel on Rumination Thursday, February the 3rd in the year of our Lord 2022. I'm Pastor Tom Baker and with me is Pastor Wes Roberts. How you doing, Wes? Uh, I'm staying warm and dry. How about you? Well, they said 12 inches of snow. If we've got two inches, I'll be surprised. Uh, there's, you know, we already had one of our churches cancel, but of course they're up in your area. I understand you have more than two inches. Yeah, somewhere between six and 12. Well, that's a huge difference. Well, it it, uh, goes from community to community. It's what they've been doing. Last last I heard last night was six inches to 10 inches in in various cities across uh, central Illinois. Right. And the wind's been blowing. It's drifting everything shut. So... I don't know about down there, but it may not look like it's very deep. It, the wind's been blowing and drifting the snow over stuff that we were dug out once last night, yesterday, and we got to dig out again today. Yeah, part of the problem, this snow, you can't even make a snowball. It's so light that it fluffs around in the wind. So you, I, it is I've had, now. Uh, Louise cleans it, out the driveway five times and it's still all one inch, two inches of snow on it. But a well, lot of people are driving. So well, they're, they're closing things down up here and they're asking oh, that you really? not get out unless you got, yeah. yeah. They're asking that you not get out unless you have to. Yeah. I, I think that's wise for some people, but uh, the fact of the matter is I, was listening, of course, to the weather, and we're supposed to have 12 inches by now and all kinds of stuff, and it's not anywhere near there. So they overestimated again. But on the other hand, isn't it wonderful that we got the Internet, we got cell phones, we can stay in communication and touch with one another? Well, what's not wonderful is things get canceled that didn't have to be canceled. (laughs) Well, Well... Well, it's the way it is, you know. I know. Well, let's get to the topic for today. You found another very good article. A British evangelical pastor has been forced out of his job as a primary school caretaker because he posted a tweet warning parents against exposing their children to nudity and sex at LGBT Pride events, and he's been taken to trial over that. Isn't that something? Well, he's asked to be taken to trial on that. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, it's been a three-year battle. He did this back in 2019, and now it's just finally coming to trial in 2022. Wow. Yeah, um, he was a caretaker at the Eli Primary School, and he's also pastor of New Connections Free Church, which entailed him leaving the church 
He'd pastor for over a dozen years and then dealing with the school. The calling also meant he'd be taking a 60% reduction in salary and moving his family 100 miles across the country. He said he enjoyed the new job at the school where he implemented certain new things, fire safety policies, taught gardening skills to at-risk teens, and these are teens who had physically threatened teachers. He was well-liked at the school, it says, and described by management as being an asset to the school, according to the Christian Legal Center, which is representing his case against the Active Learning Trust, his former employee that oversees the primary school, and gives us a little hint of what might be coming to the United States. Oh, yeah. And you want to know the tweet that, that got him into trouble? Go ahead. A reminder that Christians should not support or attend LGBTQ Pride Month events held in June. They promote a culture and encourage activities that are contrary to the Christian faith and morals. These are especially harmful to children. And as a result of that, uh, they, they said he, he was going after gays. Yes. In fact, things got so bad, he and his family received death threats and harassment at his home. And he said, the whole episode left me in emotional turmoil and is taking a lasting toll on me and my family, is what he said to the school's response to his tweet uh, ahead of this week's hearing. Right. You know, as he says, in 37 years of employment, uh, he's never been treated with such uncaring and hostile way. Uh, he's been left with the choice of resigning or being silenced, unable to express his beliefs as a Christian pastor. Yes. You know, that could be coming because we've already seen, like in Canada, uh, we can't be on the air there radio-wise, they've taken programs off the air that are pro-life, uh, anti-homosexual, and this sort of thing, because they say that's hate speech. And they don't realize that what they're doing against Christians is hate speech. Well, you know, there's the case in Finland of this uh, Finnish uh, parliamentarian yes. who's under trial right now and and they are going to hand down their verdict in the courts and right around uh, February 14th that we should keep a look at. So you got Finland, you got England, you got Canada. And in Texas, they, their school libraries or parents are objecting to school libraries bringing out books that talk about the LGBTQ um, virtues and lifestyles as being okay and parents are objecting to it and they're being looked at being bad people for stop stopping freedom of speech of talking about okay gay lifestyles 
Yeah, in Finland, the situation was that this particular individual had written a book some years ago where he clearly stated that a only marriage that God recognizes as a proper marriage is between a man and a woman, not a man and a man and a woman and a woman. And that got him into real trouble, of course, uh, with uh, homosexuals. So, yeah. well, and, and you know, I went back and I looked, and Genesis two twenty four hasn't changed. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they, they shall become one flesh. So, God always intended that it be a man and a woman get married. Yes. Now, in this situation in England, he wrote that it's important to be absolutely clear that my original and ongoing concern is not rooted in opinions on same-sex attraction. Rather, it is about protecting children from sexualization and alerting Christians to be wise about which social action is good to support. And because of that, guess what? He got fired. Well, he believes that this pride movement is deliberately spinning and softening this image by intentionally reaching families and children through shops, schools, libraries, drama groups. And that's why we naturally talk about the Finnish trouble that's going on, Texas, Canada, all over the world. Yeah, they're trying to make the event as something as a fun event for all the family. But it's very clear that pride in support of the gay movement has as its center the celebration of all forms of sexuality and activity one can possibly imagine, even probably some that one cannot. And if we add to that the images, he says, freely available online, or on mainstream media showing high levels of nudity, sexual action, and generally crude and lewd behavior, we see the fundamental nature and purpose of these events. And I think it's only a matter of time before pedophiles are going to become legal. Mm. Yeah, you've often made that uh, claim here in the past, but... Uh... And, and taking a look at this, I kind of came up with a general theme of what we're running across today. And that What's is that? good is bad and bad is good. Yeah, reverses everything like at Sodom and Gomorrah. What right. They once you had mentioned was, it yesterday. You, go ahead. What they once thought was good they now thought is bad and what they once thought was bad is now good in their views you mentioned it yesterday on proverbs uh, about uh, the evil that people do it's not uh, in society it's not what god intends it to be as is uh, a good lifestyle a perfect lifestyle and we live according to his will yes there's just no doubt that Proverbs does a wonderful job. And I tried to explain yesterday 
what Proverbs is all about. Uh, yesterday, we went into five warnings about what not to do if you live in this world. And the reason for that, Jesus created the world with certain not only laws of science, like gravity, you jump out of a window, you're going to fall to your death, but also laws of psychology and how to uh, behave properly. And when you break those laws, then your life can become cumbersome and it's not full. But in Christ, you can be forgiven those sins and you get the ability to obey him. So what the book of Proverbs does is indicate, here's how God says to live in the world that he created in order that you might have a full and pleasant life. And that's what the whole book of Proverbs is about. Well, well said. I, and I thought that was a great insight, especially as we deal with articles such as this, that that uh, the attacks of the LGBTQ is against Christians is especially in particular to God's Word. They no longer look at God's Word as being the whole center of, of our world. Yes, in fact, the lawyers in support of this man, uh, the Christian concern, added this, that we need to realize that historic Christian views on sexual ethics should not be confused with homophobia or discrimination against homosexuals. I'm not doing this because I want to sue the school, but because I believe it's the right thing to do, Waters said. I want to ensure that other pastors in the futures that have to work part-time in a secular organization will be free to preach the truth and not lose their jobs. And I don't know about you, but I've had individuals phone the radio station and talk about how they almost lost their jobs or are threatened to lose their jobs if they bring biblical values into a conversation while at work. <laughs> I, I laugh because it, it happened to me while I was going through college, working oh, at a so? part-time job. And uh, I didn't know it at the time. I was talking with a Jehovah Witness, and he complained about the, the values that I bought, brought to the table using scripture to, to debunk what he was talking about. And I, I was told at my job, either stop it or get fired. And I said, I never brought it up. He brought it up. I only defended what I had to say. Yep, exactly. And, and in fact, you know, we're accused of homophobia and other things. We don't hate homosexuals. We hate their lifestyle. And the reason we hate it, we hate anything that the devil moves people to do because it's possible that with unrepentant sin, they will not go to heaven. So if we hated homosexuals, we would be quiet about what they are doing and not say anything against it because our hate would want them to go to hell. But by saying that we are against 
their lifestyle, that shows an act of love because if you hated them, you'd be quiet. Right. Well, and that's First Corinthians chapter 6 and also in First Timothy chapter 1 where it talks about that uh, who will not inherit the kingdom of God. Uh, and among them are the sexually immoral or men who practice homosexuality. And that's along with idolaters, adulterers, the greedy, the thieves. It doesn't single out just homosexuality, but it it singles out every kind of sin that's there that, that God hates. Which all of us do to some degree. Right. So even the Christian hates the sin, he does. And that's what's called repentance, that we are sad over our sin because it hurts Jesus Christ, and we ask for forgiveness. And so often in our worship services, our, our divine worship was the first thing we do. We confess our sins to God Almighty for the sins we have done and the sins we, we have left undone, the things that we should do, and call upon His mercy and receive absolution after that. Uh, that's why in some churches they don't have a confession of sin or absolution because they feel that means you're not going to heaven. But we confess that we're poor, miserable sinners deserving nothing but temporal and eternal punishment. That's what we deserve. But God is gracious who gives us what we don't deserve, namely the forgiveness of sins and heaven as our home. And we want that for everybody. Right. And it's interesting that we we talk about it, you know, here in the program, just not just only of what's happening to, to that pastor as he's being persecuted, really being persecuted for what he's doing. Uh, and... Fact that we that there is still forgiveness found in Jesus Christ for those sins that are committed. As we talked about last Thursday, out of every seven Christians in the world, one of them is under great persecution. And what we mean by that is they can be put to death, they can be imprisoned, they can lose their jobs, etc. And there are places, even in the United States, where that kind of threat is heard again and again. Now, I think, okay, let's say you're working in a real estate office. I don't think it's appropriate that during the business hours, you decide to stand up at your desk and start doing a sermon. <laughs> yeah. I would agree. Yeah, so we don't use it. But if you're talking to a group of other real estate folks or you go out to lunch with them, you can talk about anything you want, including the biblical views. So it's one hand, you need to be careful that you don't use work time to be doing things that you weren't hired for and disturb people. But on the other hand, when you have the opportunity to share the message, even if it means you're going to be taken to the cross, you need to go ahead and do that. It's a clear distinction. Yeah of law and gospel. I, I, I think they miss it. that's why I say good is bad, bad is good. It's what we're seeing in our our society. 
and the necessity of a, uh, as you talk about it, that in our free time or in moments that that are now work or uh, of that nature, that we should get out and speak out those words of God's love for them. That it isn't the person; it's the sins that they're committing that, yes. that God is angry at. The idea of good is bad, etc. The folks who are against this pastor, here's what one parent said. It is disgusting that someone with such disgusting, hateful views should be employed in a setting with impressionable children. Now, I find that so ironic because that parent is talking against a Christian but that parent has no problem with the teachers and the school saying it's okay to be a gay as though those children aren't impressionable on that area also. And that's what he's hoping to stop, that impressionable children learn hateful things. It's a reminder that, you know, in our prayers that we, we we lift up that pastor and and others who who are being attacked as of such measures that God would send his angels to protect and guide them. Yes, uh, now Waters was saying also that there were lots of parents who were pulling for him, telling me that they supported me, but now listen to this next part but they wouldn't dare say so out of fear that the social media mob would also turn on them. And I think that's a real problem for Christians today in the United States. There are pastors who are not speaking out uh, against abortion, homosexuality, and other sins because he doesn't want to disturb the congregation He wants to try and keep peace in the congregation. And by deciding to do what he does, he's doing the very opposite of what he was called to do. Right. Well, uh, some of these news editors assert that Waters was attacking the LGBT community and not looking at what he had really said in terms of Christian's behavior. Yeah, he says, what I was addressing is sexual activity and promiscuity in public, whether it was heterosexual or homosexual made no difference, he says. It's about protecting the children. And and that's an important point to make. Do we want to bring our children up? I think in those states, for example, like in Illinois, where the public schools are forcing teachers to say unbiblical things. A lot of parents are taking their children out of public schools, and there's going to be more of a need for the parochial school to grow to fit those children that need to hear God's interpretation of reality rather than the devil's. I know of some parents that, that drive as far as 45 miles one way to take their kids to a parochial school so that they're not 
covered by those kind of problems in the public school. Yes, no doubt that there is that kind of item going on. So we haven't got the results yet of the trial as to whether or not he's going to be found to be correct in what he had done or not, but it'll be interesting. You say that'll occur, what, by February the 14th? That's the finish one. They they haven't uh, come up with with uh, a verdict on the English case yet, as far as I'm aware of. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the Finnish one. Yeah, we got so many. It's kind of hard to keep them straight in all your mind, but we get ready because it's coming to the United States where these evil individuals are going to be supporting Satan's view in this area, and we need to share the message of truth with them so that they repent and be saved. So thanks very much for this. If you want to talk more about this tomorrow, it's Open Mic Friday. We'd be glad to share with you any other information. It's a lengthy letter that we received, so there's more we can say. Or any other topic, just email me at lawandgospel at lawandgospel101.com. Till then, God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your checkout to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.